The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Hello everyone and welcome to I the Big the Footy Port, Port Adelaide podcast, <laughs> sponsored by Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Mac 19 and joining us, as always, is Rick. How are you, mate? Pretty good, Macca. What about yourself? Pretty good. Going all right? Going all right. That's what I like to hear. That's it. And we've got a very special guest this evening. Uh, joining us on the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is the Executive General Manager of Port Adelaide Footy Club, Matthew Richardson. How are you, mate? Really good, Macca. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Rick, how are you? I'm very good. Thanks for coming on, Matt, as always. Uh, my pleasure. It's nice not to have a set of earphones around my head and be looking at uh, you both on a computer screen. Seems to be my day now. <laughs> it's quite refreshing talking on a on a phone. That's it. I bet. So where do we where do we start, Mac? Wow. There's so much to talk about. There is a lot to talk about. I guess it's um you know, a very unusual and difficult world situation at the moment and as we've seen, Port Adelaide, as have all AFL clubs have had to cut back and uh, and are running a skeleton staff at the moment. Uh, what's the mood and the morale like at the club at the moment? Um, yeah, look, I mean, it's um, it's probably it's quite a difficult question to answer, to be honest, Marker, because I think we're dealing with exactly what everyone else is dealing with, where we're you know we're used to going to work and getting around our workmates and our friends and the people that we spend probably more time in reality than we do with our family and. Um, we're, we're now all doing that remotely. So um, it's, a, it's one of the things that we're thinking about a lot in terms of how do we um, – we've had to re-engineer our, um, our workforce um, from, a, from a size perspective, but also um, uh, how we work. So it's one of, the, one of the big challenges that we're dealing with is how do we, how do we keep people connected um, um, as, we, as we work our way through this. Do you envisage that, um, like, they're all, I'd assume nearly every single person, if not every single person that works there is a passionate port um, supporter. Um, do they, have they been given hope that, you know, for those that have been told there's there's no work here at the moment or it's unavailable, yeah, yeah, hopefully that it will all come back to normal, but no guarantees when. Has the, has the job keeper... Um, Payment is that going to be of use to the club with the with the staff that have had to be laid laid off? Uh, yes, yes, it will. Is the is the simple answer? Um, That's good. But I guess there there are you know we got three categories of people at the moment. We've got um, there were some people who unfortunately when we when we um, had to if I go back about three or four weeks when it all first happened, it was really you know, we had to make dramatic change and um and and do that quickly so there were there were a number of roles that were were made redundant and because i guess we we foresaw that when we come through this we're going to look very different to what we did coming into it anyway then there's a whole there's a, a large number of people who are currently on stand down so you know we effectively reduced our full-time workforce by about 80 percent and that's across football and non-footy um so we're um, we're we're trying to we're staying connected to those people. We've got um, uh, we've dedicated a couple of 
couple of staff just to focus on that group of people. Um, and then there's a relatively small team who, um, you know, equivalent full-time or just over 20. Um, so that's not 20 people, but equivalent full-time, uh, full-time hours of 2020 that are um, now focused on, okay, what, what are the, what are the things that we've got to get done? What are the key focus areas for us? And that I, that I guess is that's been the last couple of weeks. So the first bit was get ourselves organised really quickly. Then we had the challenge of dealing with all the, you know, it's fine to do that on the one hand, doing it on a spreadsheet and with numbers, but then you're pretty quickly you're rolling into conversations with great people, a lot of people that you've worked with for a long time. It's a really, really tough situation. Yeah. Um, and then from then you come out of that and you're going, okay, well, what, what are we we got the 31st of May as a, as a first period. What What's the focus through that period? Um, clearly, um, keeping our members and our partners um, engaged and connected through this period of uncertainty is at the top of that list. And and that really is our, is our focus at the moment. So um, I guess that's how we're dealing with that. With the job keeper, um, what, what that does, Rick, is it, um, I guess for the... You know, number one, it, it for the people who are on are on stand down, um, it, it makes it a little bit easier to be able to support us through this as best we possibly can. Um, so that that's one. Uh, number two, it does subs- help subsidise the business's ability to be able to give ourselves a chance to get through the other end with this. So, um, but with that, there's a lot of information. Um, it's all happening very very quickly. Um, you know, none of us, and you know, of course, we're not the only ones in this situation. A lot of our partners, uh, all of our members, everyone is dealing with um, all the uncertainty um, at this time, and and we're um, we're dealing with that as best we can. We've got a couple of people who are focused on on that, and um, and that's that's um, that's really what we're trying to do. But we're trying to support all our people through it um, as best we possibly can, and. You, the challenge with it is you can't get too, you know, really you're, you're dealing with, you know, probably a couple of weeks ago we were dealing with one day at a time. Now we're getting to a point where we're dealing with a week at a time and, and starting to look a little bit further forward than that. That's good. That's great. Um, we've had, we've obviously got a few questions from uh, Big Footy to go with as well. Um has the AFL come up with a, a bit of a, a, a potential start date? I think uh, Tom Brown stated yesterday that they're sort of aiming for a late June restart at the moment. I, I assume that they're in regular contact with all the clubs about when that might potentially happen. Uh, look, all we know, all we, uh, yes, they are. There are, you know, there are daily conversations happening, um, and all the clubs are working through it collaboratively with the AFL. There's a review date, I believe it's the 27th of April, when um, the AFL and the clubs will will look at, um, you know, that 31st of May um, date. Um, so really at the moment, um, we're expecting that um, the 27th of April is the next, okay, um, next point where we'll get some more information on what, uh, what the season looks like. I, I think the, the really, you know, the, the, the positive thing is that um, the AFL, the clubs, and the players are all really committed to making sure that there is, there, you know, 2020 there will be a full season. It'll be a 17 game season. It'll look different. Everyone's prepared to start later if it starts 
June, July, or even August, um, you know, it'll it might be that there are four day, five day breaks, but we will get a season in, and I and I think that's that's really important for everyone. It's really important for you know for um, for the clubs. Um, it's really important, obviously, for the players, for our partners, for our members to be able to have that to to um, to be able to look forward to and aim to. Um, so that that's um, that's really um, the situation as we understand it at the moment. Yeah. Is there a tipping point with the season where, in a, in relation to a date where you don't think it might not be viable that there could be a season in 2020? Well, I, I know the AFL are working on um, the the fixture team are working on ten or eleven different scenarios, Rick, um, mm. and that could be starting as late as October. Wow. Um, so I, I guess when you've got the flexibility to be able to play right through to the end of December, um, you know, um, and you've got the flexibility of it might not be the traditional six or seven day breaks. You've got four or five day breaks. You've got, you know, the ability to be able to use your whole list. Um, you know, when you start to think differently like that, um, even if even if it did push to a, a quite a late start to the season, um, we should still be able to get um, get that season away. Yeah. This is, a, this is a tough question, selfish question. Sorry, Maka, but, um, you know, from adversity we can have success. And this is a, it is a tough question for you to answer, but, you know, could there be an innovative uh, benefit um, from the coronavirus and a shortened season, um, you know, like using a whole roster on game day rather than just having four on an interchange bench. Can you see something innovative coming out of this or is there too much going on in Matt's mind to be able to think abstractly? Oh, no, look, I mean, I can definitely, and I think when you start to, you start to turn your mind to not just 2020, but also to 2021 and what the future looks like, um, I, I think it doesn't take you too long to start to see a whole lot of really positive and exciting opportunities that can come from this. Um, but, you know, I think at the moment it's just trying to um, trying to not get too far ahead. But, yeah, I think there will be, and not just in what we do, but I just think um, in, in society and the way that people work, there will be a whole lot of positives that do come from this. Like, I, you know, as simple as I think about now, about the number of times I'd jump on a plane and fly to Melbourne to meet with people. And I'm asking myself now, why would I do that when I can just jump on um, Zoom or MS Teams and have a conversation with probably eight people in one day and yeah. stay uh, stay here? Um, it doesn't even make sense that I, would do, I used to do that. Mm. That's right. Um I guess the most serious question at the moment is just how much uh, financial strain is this put on the club? And is there any actual risk of uh, of survival of the Port Adelaide Football Club at the moment? Um, well, to your first question, Macca, it's massive. Um, you know, it, it is, you know, when you when you think about all the, the revenue, and it's not just our club, it's, it's the whole... Uh, it's well, no, it's forty generally, and yep. then you think about more broadly across the economy. It's it's really significant, and and we're part of that. Um, 
the, I guess the positive thing is that the AFL, because, you know, and credit to them and credit to the clubs and the way that they've managed um, their business over, over a period of time, um, they have been able to secure a funding package, which gives the clubs um, and the industry an opportunity to work its way through. Um, so that's, that's positive. Um, having said that, once we do get through the legacy of that and the debt that um, everyone will, will be carrying at the other end is going to, it's going to significantly change uh, how we operate and how we think and, and uh, what we look like for 2021 onwards. Yep. What about um, the million-dollar question, Matt, I guess, for a lot of members? Um, some are happy just to, you know, just not worry about their membership fees and everything like that. Others are in a bit more financial difficulty are asking questions about, you know, refunds or partial discounts. What's uh, Where's the club at with uh, membership fees and the complexity of what goes around that at this point in time? Yeah, so... Um... First and foremost, it's the challenge for us is we don't know what the season looks like yet. Um, so I think we'll get to we'll get to the thirty first of May, and I, I would be confident that by the thirty first of May we'll have a much better understanding of what the season is potentially going to look like, even if it's a July or an August start or, or earlier. So that that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is as to my previous the, the previous conversation around what's the impact on the club um, the impact on the club it, it can't be understated it is um, it is really significant so and, and one of the one of the major revenue streams for the club is obviously is obviously our membership so what we've what we've been saying is for for those members who can afford um, to to leave their um, continue to pay their membership um, We'd really appreciate, really appreciate it. Um, it won't be forgotten. We'll find ways to recognise those people as we move forward. Um, for those people who are on the payment plan and have um, they have the option of um, suspending their payments, thank you to those people also for um, for what they're willing to do. And at the same time, we also recognise as difficult as this time is for for the football club. Um, there are a lot of members and supporters out there who are doing it really tough. So if there is a way that we can help our members and our supporters who have been so fantastic to us for a long period of time, then we want to do that also. So um, all, all we're asking is for those people, if they just contact the club and we'll do whatever we can to help them. It's great to hear. It is. It is. Um, we've had a couple of questions and there's been a bit of media uh, scuttlebutt uh, about the potential death of the magpies, I guess you'd say, is that a legitimate concern? Well, when like this one, so when you say death of the magpies, the magpies is the Port Adelaide Footy Club, right? Yeah. So I presume what people mean is that they're talking about the SNFL, our SNFL team. Yeah. Um, so there are a number of things in that. One is um, it's we don't understand yet what the impact is on the SNFL and the SNFL competition. Um, so we need to we need to understand what that is. We don't yet understand what the impact is going to be on um, on the football programs in all the in all the AFL clubs. 
um, and then how that's um, what list size is going to look like, all those types of things. So like a lot of things, it's still there are so many uncertains that we just we just don't know yet. Um, but what I would say is that um, you know we um, will we'll always do what's best um, for the Port Adelaide Football Club. And, um, you know, um, really at the moment, it's just we, we don't really understand. We're trying to get our heads around what's happening in the AFL competition. Um, the SNFL have got um, obviously significant issues because their revenue streams have, have been significantly impacted as well. Um, so really all of that um, is in front of us um, yeah. as, we, as we, you know, try and work out, you know, what we're dealing with as we move forward into the back end of 2020 and also 2021. What about the uh, the complexities of KT leaving as uh, CEO in, in October? Um, this obviously throws a massive spanner in the works for uh, the replacement, whether it's internal or external. I mean, there's so much going on. Is is there potential for for that to be postponed or delayed, or what do you foresee? Um, is going to go there because obviously it's going to be difficult to advertise for that position um, in this environment at this point in time. Uh, yeah, look, Erica, I mean, I, th- I think you know that that really is a decision that the board will make. Um, they'll they'll make that decision at the right time. Um, they'll consider you know what what's what's best for the club um, at the time, um, and you know. To be to be quite honest, it's just um we, we've just got our heads deep in what we're doing at the moment, trying to engineer our way through the back end of 2020 and 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 construct um, a model that will give the club a really positive, really um, a strong chance to bounce out the uh, bounce out into 2021 much better than um, you know some some other clubs might. So that's that's really where our focus is. But really that that um, you know that issue really is with the with the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a question from Vine Valerian from Big Footy, um, and he's asking with uh, with the unconventional season beckoning, does the club believe that some of the 150th year celebrations will be postponed until next year? Uh, well, I mean, postponed. We you know we got to uh, I still scratch my head sometimes and go, wow, it was six weeks ago and we had that 150 gala. Yeah. And then the next thing after the 150 gala was we were going to be playing a showdown at Adelaide Oval in round two in the prison bars. And then probably, what, next weekend we were going to have the birthday game. Um, so, look, yeah, there might be some opportunities next year um, to, to do some things, um, certainly. Well, 151's got a nice ring to it. <laughs> well, how about we, how about we uh, you know, how about we win 150? How about, yeah, <laughs> win 150 first. I reckon that would be absolute, wouldn't it? We already have. We're we're top of the ladder, buddy. Call off the the season now. We've already won. No, no. Come on. Let's win the real thing. (laughs) Yes, I agree. I agree. That's it. Uh, Ford Fairlane asks, how is everyone at the club doing? Are the club welfare officers still available to check on players and staff? Uh, Yeah, so the the football program uh, are doing... um, They're doing that... um, um, you know, and they, and they they do a terrific job at that. Um, I know, speaking with Chris, the number of 
uh, Chris Davies, the number of Zoom meetings they're having, um, the way they, they it's all stayed connected through the period um, has has been fantastic. And um, on the on the admin side, the same. You know, we've got a couple of people that we've um, got specifically working on the welfare and well-being of our people, and that's all of our people. That's um, the people who are on stand down, the people that are working. Um, so we're, we're trying to provide as much support as we possibly can again to be able to give ourselves the best give everyone the best chance of coming out the other end in uh, in good shape yeah what about the um you know some people seem to think matt that you know with the corona and china and the health and you know china you know that that could be it for that frontier i i seem to be of the the other side of the coin but i think china has shown that we're starting to make great progress and I hope we'd be going back there, I guess, once it's all clear and, and healthy and there's no issues. I'd imagine the, the club would still be keen on the on the China strategy. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I think you're right. It's just the, the first thing we're going to do is everything's got to be clear and it's got to be safe and it's got to be healthy. And, and then, um, you know, that you have to deal with all that first. But, you know, uh, you know, if you think about what were the original reasons that we um, that we went down the... The, the China strategy it was all about broadening the club's commercial um, revenue base, and uh, there's no doubt that it was, it was, you know, it just it's starting to do that. Um, it might just mean that you know we it, um, we just need to wait until um, we understand exactly what we're dealing with. But um, yeah, right at the moment, I, I can't see any reason why that wouldn't um, wouldn't continue. Yeah. Uh, Sleazy has asked, um, and I know we spoke about memberships before, but uh, what's the best way for members to help keep the club uh, ticking along, keep it afloat and as uh, independent as possible? Yeah, so, I mean, there's number one, if you can if you can afford to um, keep paying your membership, um, that would be amazing. Uh, there's We have a premiership fund, which usually is the, you know, the per-win goal incentive where people can make donations. We've had... You know, just some amazing stories. We had a, a member on, uh, I think it was Thursday, um, has a, usually just has a three-game membership, upgraded to a season ticket, and then basically paid forward another $300 for someone who uh, didn't, wanted to remain anonymous, uh, someone who couldn't afford to keep their membership was after a refund. He wanted to pay for their membership for the rest of the year. Um, so there, there are stories like that where people want to do extra, um, which is amazing. Um, like I said before, the you know those people that you know, happy to you know suspend their payments, but thank you so much for leaving your money with the footy club. The online store is still open. Uh, the 150, the the archives collection book, it has um, you know, just I'll give you uh, you might have seen it on the weekend, guys, but you know that that book. Um, there's only been about there haven't been many of those done around the world. The, the company that do them have done five AFL clubs, two EPL clubs, Liverpool and Arsenal. We've we've pre-sold by more than 20% more than any other sports team has ever done. Which wow. you think about the climate we're in at the moment, it just you know, it makes you feel good about. Um, it just makes you so proud to be a Port Adelaide person that our people are so engaged and connected in the club. And then at a time like this. Um, a product like that um, just um, you know it's fantastic so things like that um, uh, there's a 
um, there's a if you go to our website, there's a FAQ section. Um, the, the other thing that we're building also is a Never Terrace Apart campaign, which is actually aimed at our partners because one of the big things that we're working on at the moment is with our you know MG and GFG and RAA and Tire Power, the the partners who invest significant amounts of money in our footy club. At the moment, with no games, it's challenging for them. So we're building a range of um, a range of offers for our members. So another way that our members can really help the footy club is actually to support our partners through this period. So yeah. um, keep an eye out for that. Um, but um, yeah, we're going. We're, we're you know we're going as far. We've got a sort of a content team which is a little bit reduced, but um, you know you're seeing there's some fan, fantastic um, content coming out through the. Uh, across the website at the moment with the, you know, the Daniel Norton documentary series, which um, is growing a life of its, uh, a life of its own. Um, Rooch is writing some fantastic feature articles on our website. Um, so there's just some, some brilliant content. And I sort of semi joked to someone the other day that, you know, some of the 150 stuff and the stories that are coming out, are, um, of course, there's, you know, Timmy's uh, tire power time machine, which is uh, always a good laugh, but one of the, one of the great things at the moment is all of these fantastic stories and content are getting their own airtime, whereas because there's no footy, whereas if we were playing footy, a lot of this stuff probably wouldn't get a lot of airtime. So in a silly sort of way, um, you know, the, the 150 and the, all the content and the stories are, um, are um, you know, people can really enjoy them because there's, um, you know, we haven't got the, the week-to-week footy that we're usually dealing with. That's right. Have you have you had like like the mad rush of um, toilet paper at the supermarket? I, I know when the corona struck, Maka flocked to the, the store <laughs> at the club and, and just started hoarding bloody prison bar guernseys and books. Have you had to put a limit <laughs> to stop people like Maka from doing this disgraceful hoarding and depriving other supporters of the goodies? Well, we, we did have some issues early on with the prison bar Guernseys. The 2,000 that we ordered uh, weren't enough, which was uh, extraordinary because we, we modelled it on um, the 2014 elimination final. We sold about 1,800. So we thought, well, you know, 2,000 is not bad. But um, So if that was all Macca's fault, thanks, Macca. I appreciate <laughs> that. But uh, good good problem to have. Um, but, uh, no, look, I mean, our, our retail... Um, again, on the back of 150 this year, it was up until you know a month ago was flying. We were you know we we're at record levels beyond even 2014. A lot of stuff. So um, again, testament to our people that um, have uh, you know many of them I'm sure have um, you know uh, gone way over and above and bought several Guernseys or books and all those sort of things. So everything that our members and our supporters do um, is uh, has certainly helped the club to this point. That's it. Uh, Russell Ebert Handball has asked, um, how much more stressful is this compared to the next most stressful thing you've had to face at either the Magpies or the Power? Yeah, um, it's a really good question. Uh, I probably haven't, like, my, my nature is I just I just deal with what's next and what's in front of me. And every now and then I, I do reflect on my journey at Port Adelaide Um you know, uh, I was you know from 2004 through to 2008. I was CEO at the Magpies in a very different time, and um, you know there were a couple of times there where we didn't know if we'd make it through. And then there was you know trying to get the club back to trying to get the club back together once I'd come across to the AFL side. Um, so there were you know we had to have two cracks at that. It failed the first time, and on the back of that, 
the you know, I remember the first time we were down at the SNFL, the SNFL voted it down. We thought, well, that that is the end of Magpies, and then of course, you know, we had another crack at it, and Timmy and George got involved, and we and we got that up, and so you know, like it's you know, like I've um, been fortunate and experienced lots of things, but never never anything like this. I've got to say, um, you know, the the people stuff. Um, is really challenging because um, mm. the you know one of the great things about Port Adelaide is it's full of great people. Um, so there were some really difficult conversations with some fantastic people, and you put yourself in their shoes, and you know they've got families, and so that was um, so that's really really challenging. Um, but um, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't think any of us have lived through anything like this really, have we? Yeah. What about the coaches and the, and the players? I mean, we see the players are working out from home and everything, but, um, yeah, I mean, it must be tough, especially on the assistant coaches, which are, you know, they don't have the same protection as the, the senior coach that, and the, with the the anomaly of what's going to happen in the future with downsizing and potential coaching staffing. It's a bit of a nightmare, I'd imagine. Yeah, look, I'm sure it is, but you know those that group and that football group just—they never cease to amaze me. There are there are people who are on, well, they're all they're on stand down, um, not supposed to be working, and um, they're, what they're doing for our players and for our football club, whether it be you know helping with um, you know just their, their daily contact, their interaction with the playing group, for the off-field team, anything we ask them to do, they do. Um, they're, they're just an amazing group of people, and uh, just you know, probably the reality is, we'll, you know, when we do come through this, they're not not we are going to be smaller. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's quite amazing seeing how these guys are just so positive and and doing whatever they can to help the football club. They're always putting the football club ahead of themselves, and um, I guess you know, look through some of who some of those people are, you, you sort of understand why they've been so successful and they're you know, champions of the club. Yeah. So two two questions. Sorry, Macca. Um, You're all good. I heard an interview with Caroline Wilson, and apparently she was alluding that both the Adelaide clubs got uh, like a line of credit from uh, I think the Adelaide Bank, which meant that we might not need to rely on the AFL money as much. And the second question is due to you know coaching potential issues and not just for us, for many clubs, you know, taking on more debt. Is that risk of a divide between some of the, you know, italic brackets, the, the rich clubs and not so rich clubs going to be a foreseeable issue going forward, do you think? Um, look, on your first question, Rick, um, yeah, I, I don't know. That, that, that's not true. Um, our, you know, we've had a really strong partnership with the AFL for a long time. Um and you know our uh, you know our funding package and our support would be with the AFL, and where um, you know that that's a really strong relationship. It's a good relationship, and um, you know where um, that that's the way we'll be going. So that that's on the first one. The second one around the haves and the have-nots. So like I, I just think that um, you know I think you're seeing in footy where they they'll um, uh, I think. They'll they'll manage because because this has been so significant for the whole industry. Um, it's not going to be a it's not going to be a two or three year fix. It's going to be it's it's going to be five plus years. So 
um, I think the whole industry is understanding that we're all going to, everyone's going to have to work through it together. Um, I think there'll be, there might be admin cap. I, th- I think um, because of the the depth of what we're what we're dealing with, there will be restrictions, and I think everyone wants to go through it. And and I think you know from the for the on field stuff and. Footy, it'll, you know, there's been a, I think there's a, you know, obviously there's been a soft cap that'll come back down um, significantly. And it might even be that there's a hard cap. So then clubs just don't have that, have that flexibility. Yeah. Uh, Prison Bar Pete has asked, um, what do you think of the three hubs idea for resuming games? Is that a realistic option from the AFL's point of view? Uh, look, uh, to be honest, I'm really not sure. Like, I, th- I think first of all, we're all just, you know, um, we know, all need to do what we can as a as a society and um, to um, make sure that everyone does does what we need to do to try and beat the virus in the first place. And I think we'll just everyone will just be guided by um, they'll just be guided by um, by the by the health authorities, and and that's what we'll do. So. You know, I'm, I'm to be honest, I haven't really thought about the hubs idea too much. Yeah. Mm. That's all the questions I got, Rick. Oh. You got you got any more, mate? No, I just I think it'd be great, wouldn't it, if SA was clear and dominated, and so all clubs had to come to South Australia to play footy. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> it'd be interesting. Oh, I do have one. I do have one last question. It's a bit of a retrospective question, but it's been, even in tonight's um, knowing that you were coming on, people will still bring it up. Before the corona, um, the prison bars, round two, showdown, a lot of fans are still wanting it back as an annual thing. Was that something the club was talking about? Is it a possibility Is it, or is it just going to be you know, the 150-year novelty thing and then it's going to be mothballed again for a while. Is there a real push to try and get it back at least once a year? Of course, Rick, of course. I think that's what the fans just wanted to hear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know this as well as anyone. The, the football club is full of really passionate Port Adelaide people who um, who only want the best for the football club. Um, and our people and our members and our supporters and our partners um, and um, you know that's one of those that's one of the things amongst some others that's really really important to our people and to our footy club and um, yeah you know uh, I think um, I, I'm sure I'm like a lot of people I was really looking forward to that moment when that when our team ran out um, to, um, to not um, uh, not giving in and um, you know, in the prison bars, it was going to be, you know, I was imagining, I remember the moment when I first walked into Adelaide Oval the first time, two minutes after the first bounce in 2014, and it actually got quite emotional. And that was only because there weren't many issues to get 50,000 people into the stadium for the first time. But mm-hmm. um, if I if I was emotional then, I'd hate to think what I was going to be like. Um, but um, anyway, that wasn't to be, but I'm sure that moment will come again. And um, um, yeah, we, we understand how important it is. Maybe, maybe now it's even more important. Thanks, Matt. There's nothing wrong with a grown man crying, by the way. <laughs> Isn't that right, Matt? I didn't say I cried. I was just a bit emotional. That's all right. I, I saw it when I went to the 2014 prelim. There was a man next to me that might have been on this podcast that was 
was questioning his manhood, to be honest. He was very emotional that night. Come on. Come on. <laughs> it was an emotional time. I saw a tear. I saw a tear, Macca. There was plenty well, of tears Mac, that night. Macca Mac knew, Mac knew at that moment how close we were to pulling off the double, but yeah. uh, the AFL and the SNFL premiership in one year. Oh. Very close. We don't, we don't realise how close we were to doing that. Mm. But uh, anyway, we'll... Uh, We'll have to do it again. 2020 being nice. If uh, only we kick straighter, Matt. If only we kick straighter. Three goals eight. Is that right? Three goals eight, first quarter? No, Macca would know. It was something hideous. But anyway, life goes on. We try not to talk about that day. Mm. Well, thanks, Matt. I really appreciate you coming on and providing some clarity for the supporters in this hectic uh, world we're living in. So good luck with it all. And again, if I could just, you know, put the message out there. Two things, actually. Russell Ebert Hamble will... um, It'd be really upset with me. I just wanted uh, the um, the Big Footy podcast um, donated, I think, um, fifteen or sixteen hundred dollars last week to the club and to the Premiership Fund. Can I just say to everyone who's contributed to that um, a massive thank you from the club? Um, it, it's uh, it's really valuable. It's appreciated. We know know there's a lot of banter and there's a lot of talk, and um, you know people often get you know a bit critical about critical of the club, but we we know how much the club means to you all, and and to make that contribution at this time um, says a lot. So to all of you, thank you very much, and and then also just to all the members, um, regardless of your your position, um, uh, if you need help, contact the club, um, and to those members who've been able to either you know, continue paying their memberships or leave their mem- leave their membership with the club, um, thank you very much to you also. Um, it's hugely valued. It's appreciated. And, um, you know, I guess one of the great things about adversity is it does bring people together. And, um, you know, uh, I don't think any of us will ever, ever again um, take going to the footy for granted. And um, I, I can't even imagine how powerful the next Never Terrace part is going to be at Adelaide Oval when we all get to get there again together yeah. and, um, and sing that song. So look to everyone out there. Thanks very much. Um, make sure you look after yourselves and your families. Um, that's the most important thing at this time. Um, Footy will get through it. Port Adelaide will get through it, and then when we all get through it safely, um, it's going to be um, it's going to be a pretty exciting ride. Absolutely, it's going to be epic. Good on you guys. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Richard. Pleasure. Is there any? Uh, that was nice of the Big Footy Clan to donate some money to the club. <laughs> no, it was the uh, we did uh, as the Big Footy um, player sponsorship. We um, we donated what was left. Because there's usually a little bit of money left over, which we keep for a bit of a kickstart for the following year. But um, we decided, well, let's just donate that. And, uh, you know, the club needs it. So it was the right thing to do. Yeah, good on you. That's it. And everybody else. All right, well, I hope that was of value. Oh, I think, uh, I think that was great. That was fantastic. Are you going to... Very informative. It's really... Are you going to resell some of those Guernseys back to the, the club maker now? Definitely, mate. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't think I don't have anything else to talk about. Do you? No. no. I think maybe next week we'll do another one of those uh, nostalgic sort of uh, lookbacks, maybe. I like the idea of calling the 2004 grand final. What about, a, um, what about we do like a quarter here and there? We could do that. We could do the, the second half or something. What's wrong with the first half? First half was. We don't do the first. We don't do the first half. We miss out on the bifo. 
Well, we can do the whole thing. Let's just do the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, let's do the whole thing. I'm happy to do that. Can I can I watch it for free somewhere? I don't even have it. You don't have it. Well, this my ex got all the DVDs. <laughs> the ex got all the DVDs, <laughs> and uh, even though she hates port, I'm pretty sure if I asked her for the port grand final DVD, I, I know what the uh, answer is going to be. Well, she's so. probably already thrown it out, mate. Probably. <laughs> she might have tried to ping it at the car when I drove past one day. I was wondering what that clunk was. <laughs> All right, mate. But if anyone, if anyone ever wants marital advice, I'm not the man to go to. Clearly, as Mac and knows. <laughs> That's it. All right. Until next uh, time. Cheers, Mac. Gun the pair. Bye, mate.